0: Hey what's up everybody my name is Tristan I'm so happy to welcome you guys to the Novus podcast this is a podcast that's going to change your life I need you guys to watch all the way to the end but first hit that subscribe button share this with a friend like and comment let's get into this what's up everybody welcome to episode 26 of the Novus church podcast y'all i am so excited for this episode i have someone that the lord has brought into my life um like a divine appointment i believe um set up uh, a friendship that i believe is going to last for a long time and i believe that i am called to partner with him in this season of my life um he founded uh word of the spirit uh with a globe um like with a goal to raise up a new generation of revivalists And they're also in the process of planning a church called local church in Chattanooga. Y'all I'm a part of this and I'm just excited to see how God moves in Chattanooga and brings revival to uh, the next generation. And uh, I believe that the Lord is going to bring a revival that lasts longer than two generations. And I think he's going to do it through Taylor and Carissa, but y'all I'd like to introduce to you, um, Pastor Taylor Jenkins. What's up, bro? Yo, what's
1: up, bro? Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm just excited to be here like i said i'm excited to know you bro mm-hmm. and uh definitely pumped uh to share really what our heart is what god has us doing and what we believe he's doing in this next season in the body not just in chattanooga not just you know in our church or you know whatever organization we're a part of but in the body of mm-hmm. christ so i'm grateful to be here
0: yeah we're, i'm super honored to have you um so yeah, no. i i asked you on um because like I've heard you preach and I've heard certain like, uh, like I've had moments at your house in the past couple of weeks where I just like encountered the Lord and it's lasted throughout the week. And I believe that everybody watching today is going to receive something. So bro, I'd just like to give you the floor to speak a word to everybody today.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm just going to start in prayer. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, go ahead, Lord, begin working right now in the heart of your people. Begin to do an amazing work, Father God. We partner with the Spirit, just like Jesus did, Lord. We partner with the Spirit. Holy Spirit, begin right now to do a work in the listeners and in their hearts. Begin to uh, unlock things, Father. Begin to show um, new, I just see pictures. Begin to to really impart vision into the heart of your people, Lord. uh, And stir us up, Father. Stir us up. To expect greater moves and greater demonstrations of the Spirit, we thank you for these things. We give you all of the glory and all of the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. So, you know, I want to start really by just telling you know my story a little bit, uh, kind of where God has brought me and my wife, because I feel like that's helpful, um, and I, and I think God would begin to stir it in the hearts of people to have a greater expectation for these things. You know, I grew up in church my whole life. I grew up in a charismatic Pentecostal environment. So, you know, the things of the spirit were not, you know, distant. They, they were not something that I was, um, you know, overall never experienced before, but there's a difference between being in an environment where God is marking people rather than being marked yourself. And I remember, uh, when I went out to Bible school, um, you, know, you can get a lot of training and, and we need training. We need people to to grow in understanding of the scripture. We need great theology. We need all those different things. Um, but one of the things that even after I finished Bible school that I was longing for was a true, genuine encounter with God, but also impartation by the spirit. We have a lot of people who are skilled in their knowledge of, of the word, but I, I think even we have people that might have understanding on how gifts of the spirit are in operation uh, but I'm, I'm believing God wants to raise up people that know how to steward and walk in the integrity of the anointing, the anointing. And that was what really my heart was coming out of Bible school. And I remember uh, I was working at a church and we were doing a young adult ministry at the time. And uh, we had a, a guest minister come to our church and uh, there was a lot of buzz. He was gonna do a week revival meetings. And in doing these revival meetings, I remember it was almost like, I was like, yeah, this is going to be cool. You know, we have this guy coming. uh, Y'all may know him, uh, Rodney Howard Brown. And he was coming. I didn't know much about him. But I remember as uh, I was driving up to the building on the first night of the meetings, I remember as I got down the street, close about probably 50 yards away from the building, I felt the tangible fear of the Lord. And it was within 50 yards of getting to the, to the room, I knew God was fixing to do something. God was fixing to show up and God was fixing to move mightily. I didn't know what to expect. I really had never been in one of his meetings before, uh, but I knew God was fixing to to do something. And so from that, I just fixated my heart on receiving. So yeah, that's a side trail. I'm going to go just quickly. There's a difference between going uh, and listening to a meeting and then going with expectation to receive in your heart open and pulling on the gift of God in somebody. And I remember I was so hungry. I got in there in that room and what was a 4-hour service felt like 30 minutes. I wanted something and I knew God put something in him and I was hungry for it. I desired it. And I had an expectation. I didn't even know what I was expecting, but my 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 hunger was just there. It's almost like if you were to hunger after something, you, you've you never tasted it, but you've seen it and it looks good. And you're like, man, I have to get this. And so I remember I was uh, driving up and I go in there four hours, felt like 30 minutes and I was locked in. And then from that moment on, he started doing ministry time at the end of the meeting. And he would call people up to lay hands on them. Well, I was just looking him straight down because he had something in him. You know, Jesus carried something. And the woman with the issue of blood, she made a demand on what he carried. And so I was just pulling and I was just really grabbing whatever he had. I I knew I wanted it. I knew I wanted it. And it's funny, you would look around and you'd see other people, they would turn their head and, and, you know, they didn't necessarily uh, engage with what was happening, but I knew I wanted it. And he called me out of the, I think it was probably five to 600 people. He called me out to receive prayer. And I go up there and he just swooshed his hand across my face and the power of God knocked me back. And I fell back. That happened the next two nights. I had an encounter with God all three of those first nights of those meetings. And it was almost like this continuous, just note of impartation and You know, in the moment you you just respond and you yield and you allow God to do what he wants to do. And I knew that, you know, I was touched, but I didn't know what for. I didn't necessarily have an understanding of, of what was going on in me. But then afterwards, very, very quickly afterwards, when we started up having meetings for our young adults again, the power of God began to break out in the same manner in which I received. You know, I heard um, uh, Richard Gordon, I know you love, uh, Tristan, you love Richard. Um, He said one time, how Jesus reveals himself to you is how he will reveal himself through you. And that is a amazing picture of impartation. And you look through, as you look through revival history, you see people uh, that'll receive a particular healing over something and they have tremendous breakthrough in that same administering of that anointing. Uh, For a particular body part or, you know, whether it's cancer or something in that nature, how you receive is oftentimes how you will release what God has given you. And I remember it was almost like night and day. See, before I was ministering with a gift. And then after the impartation, I was ministering with an anointing. You can develop your gift. You can do natural things, be very practical and grow in your communication skills. You can grow in your organizational skills. You can grow in your leadership skills, but God has to impart anointing to you. I'm going to say that again, because you know part of what we're doing with our Holy Spirit nights uh, and different things within our uh, Word and Spirit ministry is, is like I said, we want to raise up a new generation of revivalists. I want, if you're a young person right now and you're listening to this, gifting is great, but anointing destroys the yoke. Your gifting will give you an opportunity to step up to the plate, but your anointing is what will hit the home run. There are so many people out there who um, they rely on the giftings, but a true anointing, it stays with you. And I heard Benny Hinn say one time, you know, when God anoints you and he marks you, he never takes that away from you. Now he's not talking about your internal anointing. Uh, if you look at your in your understanding of the anointing, there's the internal anointing that first John talks about. But then there's the anointing that comes upon you, or the, the spirit of the Lord coming upon you to function in service and in ministry. There's two different anointings. When your internal anointing, it is up to you to steward that. But when God marks you and puts that anointing on you for service and for ministry, he does not remove that anointing. That's why there's people who are mightily anointed and used by God, function in mighty power and glory, but then in their personal life, they have a lot of character flaws and character issues. We want anointing, but we also want that inward stewardship of fellowship with the Holy Spirit and and I just think we we have to have both both ends we can't have either or and so but anyways I, I don't want to get too much on the the inward stewarding of our you know relationship with the Holy Spirit I want to talk about more of the anointing uh, and expectation for uh, flowing in the anointing if you have a, a Bible I wanted you to turn to first uh, Corinthians chapter 2 this is the scripture that's really marked me. And what I want to do is I want to create an appetite for you to expect God to use you in a similar capacity. This verse, and, and God is just so good. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love how God usually exalts and lifts up the humble. He takes the people that are not promoting themselves and, and promoting what they can do, and or really even their gifting. But really, they're meek in heart and their desire is solely to please the Lord. And for me personally, this ministers to me in a couple different ways. I'm going to start in verse 1. And it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom to cl- declaring to you the testimony of God. For I den- determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I'm going to just stop for a second and and give you a little rabbit trail. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. When God's anointing is tangible and felt, it will always bring the fear of the Lord. That's why when you're in environments where the spirit of God is being poured out in a mighty way, your flesh is uncomfortable it it can be perceived almost as um, a great weightiness in the room. It said in the old covenant, when the glory cloud or the weightiness of God would come into the room, they could not stand because of the weightiness. There is such a tangibility to the anointing right now. I can sense it right now. I believe if you're listening, you can sense it. The anointing is looking, um, uh, not not to be felt that we rely on feelings, but it is to build faith that God is fixing to do something. You know, I heard Benny Hinn say one time. He said uh, he remember his, hearing Catherine Coleman say that the Holy Spirit is more real than you and I are right now. He is so real. His anointing is so real. It's so tangible. And and I'm, I'm telling you, if you can begin to learn the move of the Spirit and the functioning of the anointing and the depths and the flows of the Holy Spirit, we will see such tremendous breakthrough in healing. We will see such tremendous breakthrough in impartation radical transformation i'm going to get to there in a minute but uh, most every uh, highly devoted person in the new testament their devotion was strengthened by encounter we've got to learn the moving of the spirit and to flow in a greater depth of the anointing but verse four he says "And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but it would be in the power of God. I believe God right now is raising up a generation of people who would rather be cutting and not cute. They've relied on plausible words of man's will. They've tried to convince people of something and they've withheld the opportunity for God to break in with his anointing and with his power and become real to them. And I love how God says it right there. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom and of of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God spoke to me one time and said, more people have more faith in the wisdom of men because they've never seen the power of God. They have more faith in the understandings and in the knowledge of human and worldly intellect because they've never been offered an experience with the spirit of God. That's profound. We wonder why there's a generation of people going off to secular college, coming out without a belief and a trusting in God because the wisdoms of men that they're hearing in these colleges. See, when you've never had an encounter with God, you'll go to the highest form of intellect. And if you keep reading as it comes down into verse 14, it says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. See, the things of the spirit, I remember Rodney Howard Brown used to say this, sometimes in revival, God has to take you to the outer limits of your mind. Galatians, Paul talks about who has led you astray to empty and worthless philosophies. See, we have a generation of people who consume knowledge but never receive impartation of the spirit. They love to sit and, and try to acquire information. See, it's, it's accessible. Information is accessible, but I'm telling you what, it is not so much something that you go and get, it's more a yielding and a hungering after for the anointing. The Bible says, if your, heaven, if your earthly father, who is evil in nature's desire to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Holy Spirit, does he want to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? He is looking for people who desire a genuine encounter with the demonstration of the spirit and of power rather than understanding and knowledge on human philosophy. He wants a people who know how to push through the crowds, like the woman with the issue of blood. There's this old song. It's this old revival song. And it's just one touch of your glory. Just one touch. Just reach out and receive and take it and say that it is mine. I'm telling you, when I'm in a room where I know the gift of God that's in somebody is in manifestation and operation, I am pulling. I'm sitting there, I'm keeping my heart open. I'm making a demand on what God is doing. If somebody is ministering with the anointing, you're gonna find them over where I am in the room because I'm so hungry. I'm pulling him over to where I am. There's something about hunger that always has a move of the spirit close to them that always has a genuineness and a touch of the fervor and the presence and the power of God wherever they're at. When they walk into a room, they shift that room into expectation and there's a weightiness that comes when they enter. (laughs) We've got to get ready and got to build our expectation for more. For more. One of my uh, spiritual fathers in the Lord, when I say spiritual fathers from a distance, is uh, Dr. Randy Clark. And he wrote a book, There Is More. And it's always the people who think they know everything that have the hardest time receiving. (laughs) It's always the people who think that they have it all already. I'm sorry, but when you read the book, when you read the book, you see that they had multiple. Baptisms and fillings of the Holy Spirit. After they had already received him on the day of Pentecost, they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand. You already, I heard someone say this: you already have as much of him as you want. I think it was NT right. You always have as much of God as you want. You always have, and what I started doing with our young people. Because part of the testimony, so after we started experiencing an outpouring of God's spirit in our young adult ministry and people receiving, I I would teach people how to receive of the anointing. See, we think this stuff is natural. If it was so natural and easy, everybody around the person that was uh, the the woman with the issue of blood would have been healed as well. There is a measure of understanding on how to receive of the spirit. I used to get so frustrated whenever I was uh, growing up. Um, with the joy. When I started seeing people bust out laughing in the Holy Spirit, I used to get so frustrated because I felt like I couldn't receive, but it was because I was locked up here in my mind. See, when you're so used to receiving the wisdom of men, but you've never had that genuine encounter, that genuine touch, you falter to your understanding of what goes on between your ears. Like I said, that's what Rodney said. Sometimes God has to take us to the outer limits of our mind It's because the mind does not receive. God is a spirit being and those that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. So I began to teach people how to make a demand on the anointing, how to receive of the anointing, how to pull on the gift of God. And then the next time that Rodney came back to our church and did a a week of meetings, everybody in the room, all the young adults were getting called out because they were so hungry and they were zealous. They had expectation. When you go and study uh, outpourings of the Spirit or the baptisms of the Spirit that took place in the New Testament, you begin to see where um, uh, Peter, when he went to the house of Cornelius, as opposed to when um, Peter and John went up to uh, Samaria, that they would receive the Holy Spirit. It said that it, when Peter and John went to Samaria, they laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. But when Peter went to Cornelius's house, God had began to build expectation on them to receive from Peter. He didn't even have to lay hands on them. The spirit of God began to pour out because they were in greater expectation because God already told them that he was bringing them something. See, greater expectation always brings a deeper manifestation and move of the spirit. I'm telling you, I, I just sensed this quickening word if you're in the room right now and you're already functioning in any capacity in ministry, I'm telling you, next time you get an opportunity to minister, be, I, I believe God's going to begin to show you pictures of ministry by the Spirit, and you're going to see them play out in front of you, and you're going to have to act on them quickly. I remember as I began to flow in the anointing, there were times when um, there would almost be like mini visions, is what uh, uh, Kenneth e. Hagin would call them, mini visions. I would see myself do something and I had just a moment to respond. And when I did it, there was an extraordinary amount of power flowing through me. There was one guy and I remember because we would have conversations and he was very locked in his head. He he had a hard time receiving of the move of the spirit. And I remember I was walking by and we were in our ministry time and he was already standing up. I didn't know at the time what all was going on in him and through him, and I remember I was walking by, and he was wearing a hat. He was already standing up, and as it was all transpiring, this happened so quickly, I didn't fully recognize he was already trembling. God was already getting a hold of him, and I remember I walked by him, and as I did, I saw myself slap him on the bill of his hat, And I thought to myself, and and I'd just gotten so used to, to yielding to the Holy Ghost. See, the problem is when you start to doubt, just like when you're walking up, Peter was walking on the water, he began to sink. You get into such a rhythm and an understanding of the move of the spirit. You act quickly. God puts an exponential amount of power on quick obedience. And I remember I had no time to think about it. And I remember I just saw myself do it. And I just immediately turned, slapped the back, uh, bill of his hat. It was like electricity went from the, the ceiling top to the top of his head, shot straight down through him, and he dropped straight to the floor. Had an amazing encounter. It was like volt. It felt like a volt of electricity, like a lightning strike from the ceiling. There was another time my sister-in-law, Kyrie, I would, I walked by her and I just saw myself grab her hand quickly. And as I did, it felt like two little volts of electricity shot through my hand into her hand. And it literally, you could see her bounce, and she fell out under the power. And I used, to, and, and so I feel like there's some of you watching this right now, you need to begin opening your heart and seeing God use you. You need to allow the anointing and the ability of God to begin to invade your imagination and start seeing yourself laying hands on people. Start seeing a greater move. Uh, I just feel right now that there's an impartation being released for the ministry of the laying on of hands, a ministry of impartation right now. If that you just take it, reach up and take it, receive it right now. I believe that there's the fire of God is falling on some people right now. Now, more, Lord, increase it, increase it, increase it, increase it. Like Tristan said, it, that's going to come to you in the middle of the week. He's just familiarizing you right now, but it's going to come to you in waves consistently over the next few days. Anyway, so I, I, you, we started to get really skilled in our understanding of these things. And I remember, you know, I used to ask God, I said, Lord, what is all this for? You know, why are people falling and, and shaking? Or why are people, you know, it feels like electricity flowing and touching them. And like, you know, people say getting zapped or we used to always call it getting bopped. Why, why is this happening? You know, wh- what's the point of all of this? And I started to look out and the Lord told me, he said, there's more being done than you know. See, when you're only used to seeing things by the natural. The natural man can't receive these things. So there's a deeper spiritual working going on in their heart, And you don't even know it, but it's developing them. It's forming them to the person God wants them to be. He's doing God. uh, God spoke through Rodney Howard Brown one time. And he said, when people are out, he calls it God's operating table. God's in there. He's reworking some things. He's doing some things. In Maria Woodworth Eder's ministry, when people would fall out under the power or they would get stuck in trances, they would come to and they would begin talking about having encounters with with uh, with Jesus Christ. Like they would have open vision encounters in those trances where Jesus would come and speak with them. See, there is a spiritual working. We're so used to looking at things after the flesh. There are so many things that, that by the anointing could be sorted and dealt with that would not, it takes, sometimes it could take five years in the natural of counseling, what it could take God in five minutes to do through the anointing. Benny Hinn used to say, once you know and begin to function under the anointing, you'll stop doing ministry without it. You you want like, when, when you get an understanding of how much of a difference the anointing makes opposed to just even getting up there, being charismatic and full of personality, you'll get to where nothing else. You would rather have nothing else but the anointing to minister with. I see right now, too, there's people. The anointing is going to come on you in your quiet time. You're going to begin to write down the mysteries of God. I feel that right now. I, I sense that there's people here. See, the anointing is different depending on God's intended purpose for your life. The anointing could come on you. See, the anointing in my life, I I believe God's imparted things for me to to release impartation. But there's, and, and that's through the laying on of hands. That's a ministry of the laying on of hands. I believe some of you, God's going to begin to anoint your tongues. That you're going to preach with an anointing of an evangelist. And when you get up, it's going to cut the hearts of people. There's some of you right now, you're going to see things by the spirit. You're going to begin to articulate things in book form and the anointing of God will be in those words. There's going to be people that there's such a strong potency of the anointing. You're going to like, like Paul, you'll have an anointing that will flow through you into cloths and that anointing will be handed out to people and they'll receive healing. There's people that are, that God's going to begin right now, anointing and touching your hand. You're going to feel that heat. I believe that's in your hand, Tristan. I I think that God's gonna begin uh, anointing people with heat and there's going to be a tangible difference in your operation of ministry here on out. But now see, it's not just so much about the feeling as much as it is God is trying to speak to you and reveal to you to inquire of him. See, we think sometimes when the anointing comes or we have a word come, you still have to partner with God and say, Lord, do you have me to release this? There's a greater working and move of the Spirit that has to be encountered. We need to learn the rhythms and the movings of the Spirit. We don't need to short circuit the move of the Spirit. I was in a meeting one time with Dr. Randy Clark, and it was one of his impartation services. And again, I, I, I'm endeavoring to learn. I don't wanna grieve the spirit of God. You know, Bill Johnson always said, live with the dove in mind. I don't wanna grieve the spirit of the Lord. I wanna be consistently um, just in that place, in that pocket of, of receiving, of, of, of allowing him to do what he wants to do. I don't wanna grieve him. And another thing is I don't wanna short circuit him. But I was in a meeting with Dr. Randy Clark and at the, at the end, he ministered for about two and a half hours of, of just preaching and teaching. I think it was about two and a half hours. But the last 30 minutes, I felt the fire of God, the electricity of God come on top of me and remain on me. Now, I had enough understanding of the anointing. I had enough awareness not to short circuit what God was doing because it was not the time. And it was not the place. God wants people that are skilled in these understandings. That understand the time and the place of these things. But I I couldn't resist him. But I just sat there and I allowed him to work on me and I began to tremble. See again, in weakness and in fear and in what trembling. I began to just tremble right there and I held it. My flesh was so uncomfortable. I was so, like m- the spirit of the Lord was so strong on me that I knew that I was like, God, you've got to move. You have got to break this thing open. But it was 30 minutes of that abiding working of God's spirit. But I couldn't just resist him. But I also knew not to short circuit what God was doing in the room see there's a difference between a personal anointing and a corporate anointing and when that corporate anointing comes on you you do not need to just short circuit it but i remember i was like god please help him wrap this teaching up and start ministry time i i like i've got to get this thing done and he kept telling story and story and story and story and later, he, uh, the Lord spoke to me why Dr. Clark was doing that. And it was because there were people in the room on all different levels of faith. And each of those stories were directed towards a different type of individual in the room. Some people have a harder time uh, because they've never even known that impartation was real. Some people are, uh, you know, they they think they've already experienced it all. Some people, you know, and so he would tell these different stories, but I knew I could not grieve him, and I knew I could not short-circuit him. So I had to just let it remain. And then eventually, it came time for him to, to do the uh, ministry time, and he said, if if you're in here right now, and the Spirit of God's already working on it, you, come up to the front and by the time he got over to pray for me, I was like a pinball in a pinball machine. I kept my knees complete, completely still because he said to do that. So you begin to start understanding some of these things when you get around the anointing. And I wanna encourage you too right now, if you're young and, and you are hungry and you're zealous for a ministry that I'm talking about, go and be around the anointing. God told me at the beginning of 2022 that this would be a year of going and paying a price to being in environments where the anointing was tangible and, and being administered. And so I was like a pinball on a pinball machine. He got close to me as he did. My upper torso was like, ding, 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 ding. I began to shake tremendously. And he didn't even come over and lay hands on me. He just blew on me and the power of God knocked me so strong back. It was one of the strongest encounters. I would not have had such a deep encounter, and I may have even hindered what God wanted to do in the entirety of the room if I just would have short-circuited the Holy Spirit 30 minutes before he closed the meeting. And so anyways, I had a tremendous breakthrough right there, and then I go back to my seat, and he's already working his way through the crowds, Well, he comes back around. And he looks at me and he says, too, like, have I already prayed for you? And I said, yeah, but instead of drawing back, I said, I wanted more. See, there's some of you that have settled for a measure of what God wants to do, but there's more for you. There's more that he wants to do. I believe that there's ministries of healing. I believe God's given you an ability to minister and teach and preach, but I believe that there's ministries of healing God wants to give you, but you've settled for what you currently have instead of expecting and pushing into more. And so I began to desire more. And so instead of drawing back, I said, no. And, and I reached my, he reached his hand out to me and he said, Lord, increase the anointing and the power in his hands. This was different. I didn't shake violently. I didn't fall out onto the floor. It was like he gave me a check and said, here you go. And I took that check and I deposited it into my account. And ever since then, I've seen an increase in the the measure of the anointing. Another woman, uh, a woman of God, her name was Wendy Preston. And I re- the reason I'm telling these stories is because these stories will help people. I'm telling you this story. This is not a an encounter that only I'm exclusive to. This is a, this is something God wants to do in your life. A sweet sister in the Lord, uh, Wendy Preston a dear mother in the Lord. My gosh. She's from, uh, she lives in England. And I did an interview similar to what we're doing right now. Uh, And and here in a minute, when I pray, I want to pray and release the anointing. But as I, as uh, we were doing the interview, she said, uh, Taylor, she started ministering and praying in the spirit. She said, put your hand up to the screen, just like this. And I put my hand up to the screen and the power of God came all over me. She's thousands of miles away. And she just declared increase, increase, increase. And I received a mighty, mighty impartation. And so what was interesting, those two different impartations, it had been a while uh, to some degree that I administered, I mean, I'd done one other time um, in a setting where it was a Holy Spirit type environment where we're pushing into a move of the Spirit. I've done it one other time, but since that time, I didn't even realize it. But from when Dr. Clark uh, blew on me and when Sister Wendy would, she said, increase the anointing, like she was saying, increase, increase, increase. As I would pray for people, I actually began blowing on them and the power of the spirit would hit them. And I would say, increase, Lord, increase, increase, increase. I wasn't even aware of it. Again, how he reveals himself to you is how he will release his anointing through you. And it was unco- I was unconsciously doing it. That is how real impartation is. God is, I, and I, I see this too. Some of you right now, God has put an anointing in your pastor and he's put you underneath that pastor so you can receive of the anointing that's on his life. Stop floating. Stop floating. Some of you are floating around trying to to receive something that God has put in your pastor. And he's just asking you to hook in and honor. You will always receive from what you honor. And so I was unconsciously ministering this way. And I guess what I'm trying to get at and what I want to say is I believe God is raising up a generation of people that know how to steward his anointing. That are hungry for something other than a good preach, a big, you know, a big worship set. I believe and, and you know even a side note on that, some of the strongest moments of of anointing and impartation, there was no music. And I think it was because God was getting me out of this box of expecting that the the only time the anointing is flowing is when you you get the the Holy Ghost goosebumps at worship. I'm telling you, one time Rodney, uh, I heard him say, he said, there's uh, some anointings that um, I have to step out in faith on. I don't sense or feel them as much as I used to, but it's because God's expecting me to step out in faith on them. I'm telling you, these are just things, guys, you just begin to learn. Sometimes the only way to get practice is getting all up in there. I'm telling you right now, some of you go, uh, and I just want to encourage you. These are these are people the Lord has uh, encouraged me uh, or, or specifically that I'm supposed to pull on the gift of God in their life. If you can go right now, go look at um, Global Awakenings website, go see Dr. Clark's schedule. If you're in the California area, he's going to be doing impartation and healing meetings at Bethel Church in Reading. Uh, I'm telling you, go look at uh, Dr. Clark's ministry. And a- God is doing something. What happened in the 1990s through Rodney Howard Brown, God sent Rodney Howard Brown to Tulsa back in the 1990s. A lot of the meetings from his time in Tulsa, not the ones I'm talking about, but the meetings that... Uh, some of the most powerful meetings that have changed my life is if you go look at ORU in 1993 and 1995 of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, there's so many people getting prayer, getting touched by the power of God that he's out in the grass outside of the arena, praying for people, a tremendous revival broke out. But in the nineties, God had him go to Tulsa, uh, actually to Broken Arrow to a place called Rama, And. Dr. Clark was told by the Lord, this is before anything happened in Toronto, he told him to go to Tulsa. And he was at that time, you'll hear Dr. Clark talk about how he was struggling in his ministry. There was not really a ton of breakthrough and supernatural activity. And God told him to go. The power of God touched him in, uh, at Ramah in the 90s through Dr. Cl- uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's ministry. And he took it back to a regional vineyard meeting and the power of God began to function in this in a similar capacity to which he received in Tulsa in the 90s. And so much so that a guy named Happy Layman sent him up to Toronto and to John Arnott's church because John Arnott was hungry for this. And most of you are familiar with the Toronto blessing. That sparked the Toronto blessing. See, impartation, God is still raising up people that carry his anointing, that releases that, that strengthens the people. In Romans, it says that Paul longed to be with them, that he may impart to them some spiritual gift. There are people that carry, see, you are so interested in people that teach with acuteness, but God is trying to say that there are people that carry something and you need to get around it so you can pick it up. It's not something that is going to be heard just through teaching. You have to catch it. It's in the room and you're going to learn like the woman with the issue of blood to make a demand on that anointing. And it's not for you. It's for the people God has predestined for you to minister to and to touch. There's some things, you know, God told dad Hagen, he said that if there's, uh, there's measures and moves of the spirit, that if they are not taught to the next generation, they will be lost in the earth forever. People like Dr. Clark, people like Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, uh, people uh, uh, like Bill Johnson, uh, these people carry something. People like Heidi Baker, they carry something in the spirit. See, it's much different. It's much, 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 much different. It's a different ministry. It's not a teaching ministry. It's a ministry of the laying on of hands. It's an activation and an unlocking ministry. You know, Dr. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown used to say, I feel like God has given me a key to break churches and cities into revival. And so, right now, I'm going to pray. And I know, Tristan, you wanted to do some questions, but I'm just going to pray and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit. And, guys, please reach back out to Tristan. We want to hear the stories. If God touches you genuinely, we want to hear what he's doing and what what was said. So Father, right now, Holy Spirit, I believe that there's people that have already been experiencing that fear and trembling, that weightiness of the anointing. Increase it right now, Lord. Touch right now, people, right now. Fire! Fire! Increase Increase, increase it, increase it right now in the name of Jesus. Increase it right now in the name of Jesus. If you can, if, if, if you can, put your hand up to the screen right now in the name of Jesus. I, I impart to them a, a, a ministry of healing, a ministry of the laying on of hands right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, move, touch them right now in the name of Jesus. More, Lord. More Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Oh, I, I, right now, I feel like God's breaking people of, of cyclical and, and tormentive thought patterns now by the anointing. Set free in Jesus' name. That yoke of, of anxiety broken off of your back right now in the name of Jesus. There are some right now, I even feel this is this is intense, but you know that there's been more, you have experienced more, but you are refusing to walk in the fullness of what God has imparted you into because of fear of what others may think. And God is saying, repent right now, and I'll use you again. I'll use you in a similar capacity. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I believe I, one of the things God spoke to us earlier, actually at the end of last year, but coming into the new year, was that there will be an increase in dreams. I believe right now that there's people watching. God's gonna begin to reveal himself to you in dreams. He's gonna begin to give you words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Daniel type interpretation is on its way. You may not know what to do with it, but God's sending people to interpret these God dreams. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we give you all the honor and all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen, bro. (laughs) I'm feeling it. Um, Glory. Wow. Okay. So. I, I formulated some questions that I, I told you last night I was working on. And I actually, the Lord just gave me a question uh, while you're speaking. And the first question I have for you is, how do we recognize when the Spirit wants to move? And then this is kind of like a two-part question. And how do we get our mind out of the way?
1: Okay, so recognizing when the Spirit wants to move. Number one, I want to encourage you, and I know I mentioned that there's a difference between the individual anointing and the corporate anointing in the individual time in the waiting on the lord in your quiet time and in private hmm. you'll develop a sensitivity to his working and his operations that when you get in person he'll begin to 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 move in the same way and so you'll you'll kind of move out of a position of of God, are you here? Are you here? Are you here? But out of the overflow of being interrupted in your personal time, you'll begin to sense Him in the other time. The other thing I want to say on that, though, expect it. Wow. We think some of this stuff is so supernatural, and it is supernatural, meaning like spectacular. We, we get confused supernatural with spectacular, and we don't. Ex- if God's given you anointing, expect that anointing to begin to manifest and flow. Mm -hmm. And usually when I start, I'm gauging where the room is at in their faith level because I'm in such expectation that God wants to do. So now it's my responsibility to get people to a place of faith. And that's when you really start to know when it starts to to be more potent. Uh, I heard one time, one person said, uh, uh, Mark Hankins, if you're familiar with him, he said, when people begin to receive of the anointing, the anointing increases. And when people begin to um, uh, resist or, you know, say no to the anointing, it begins to decrease. And so those, that that's kind of how to know when it's there. Uh, but start by raising your expectation. And then the second part of the question you said was, what was it?
0: How do we get our minds out of the way? Um. Uh, You know,
1: I remember dad Hagen one time would say there was a time in his personal, personal time with the Lord. He, uh, he was praying in the spirit. I think it was for four hours and he had never prayed in the spirit for four hours at one time. And I remember he said that it was so hard to, to get to that point. It wasn't about the time. It was just at the four hour mark, he hit this gusher Hmm. and it was really this place in the spirit and i say that to say when you get there one time it's a lot easier to get there again mm-hmm. so, and when you're in an environment when number 1 so that there's twofold to this when you're ministering the anointing and when you're receiving the anointing when you're receiving the anointing you're there to just yield mm-hmm. surround yourself with it until you know that i'm i when i get up there to receive of the anointing i just completely turn tune this out
0: right
1: i just completely tune it out and i just I, I and and don't get me wrong it's fighting me the whole way there even when i fall out under the power immediately what does the bible say that um there are those who their heart it's like um the the enemy comes and snatches the word of the lord out of their heart the enemy's trying to come and take from you what god just did But what I say on the starting is I don't even think about it. And as you begin to learn to yield to the anointing, Mm -hmm. it's easier and easier and easier. And then so much so that as you begin to learn to yield, then you begin to learn to release the anointing.
0: Wow. Okay. So let's talk about anointing then. So um, how do we recognize the anointing like that it's been given to us? You said that, um, you felt an increase handed to you like a check from Randy Clark. Um, how did you recognize that the anointing first fell on you for what?
1: Well, number one, you need understanding that there's different operations of the spirit In first Corinthians 12. It talks about how there's uh, it's the same spirit, but there's different operations, manifestations, and demonstrations. There's, yeah. there are various manifestations of the spirit and the best way to recognize it is to get around it. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. I, that that is literally, and, and I know that's similar to the to the first question and the answer mm-hmm. is when you go to a meeting where usually, and, and like I said, that's why I, I listed off some of these people that I've received mighty impartation from. If you can go to their meetings, pay the price. The one the woman with the issue of blood was desperate. Mm-hmm. She had paid all that she had and and didn't get better, but actually got worse. And so she had nothing to lose. And so instead of just waiting for it to come to her, she went to it. Mm -hmm. So instead of waiting to recognize it, go to it and familiarize yourself with it. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time, uh, you know, my dad, he he just bought new couches for their house. Well, he's had the same furniture for years and years and years in their house. Well, I I was familiar with that, it was new to me. But the first time I went over and sat on his chair, it felt weird. It felt different. The, I was sitting at a different height. It was just, it was, it was different. Well, the more I got around it, the more it began to feel more normal and and a lot more um, recognizable. This is my dad's furniture. You see what I mean there? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's very good. Um, I hear Bill talk about a a lot of the, I hear Bill talk a lot about uh, stewarding the anointing. Um, So I want to know your perspective. Like, how do we become good stewards of the anointing? Again, it comes back to, um,
1: you know, one thing I'll say on this, and this is an underrated part because, you know, I could go into, yes, we need a personal um, stewardship and a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Benny Hinn talks in that same vein about, you know, his book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Mm. It's engaging with the Holy Spirit, Um, So that's the first thing, but really one thing that I think is under talked about that needs to be talked about and needs to be shared is if you are not submitted to a local church and a local pastor, then you, there's things in them that are for you. And there's a greater stewardship of the anointing when you honor the anointed person God has put in your life. And I'm telling you, um, that that is an untapped secret in our generation is going and serving and submitting and valuing and honoring what is on your local pastor's life. There's so many big ministries out there There's so many things that, you know, you can easily say, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. Um, But that doesn't always mean that that God's put you there in the body. So recognizing and discerning the body of Christ is a greater way to discern and recognize the various anointings and steward the anointing on your own life. Mm -hmm. Get around somebody, see how they steward it, help them, keep them in the spirit, keep them in a position to, you know, flow. Can the anointing leave you? See, that's the thing. I I don't believe the anointing for ministry will leave you. Hmm. Um, Because even the healing evangelist, they were mightily used. Um, One gentleman, I'm not going to say his name just because I don't like to, you know, but um, was mightily used in the startup of a a movement, a massive church-wide movement flowed in tremendous power and anointing. Came out, uh, later as a homosexual mm-hmm. and, um, was, you know, asked to leave the ministry, but even late in his life, there was a, he, it was known, uh, by his partner that even uh, this way after he was, he'd left the church way after that he was out of ministry and he was walking down the road and there was somebody with like a drawn up withered hand. And he looked over at them and said, give me your hand. And then, as he did, the hand was completely, like, yeah. miraculously created. Miracle healed. Wow. I don't believe that the um, in my research and in my study of, of scripture, I don't believe the anointing leaves you.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, now,
1: now the internal uh, personal anointing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I believe that if we don't keep that flame flickering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bible, uh, uh, you kind of get over into once saved, always saved versus not like theology and that. But, um, as far as anointing for service and ministry, I don't believe it goes. That's
0: good. That's good. I, I, I don't believe it goes either. Um, I do believe, I believe it, it hosting the presence of God is important, you know, um, and being good steward of him in the room and him in your own room, you know, I uh, I've noticed in my own personal time with the Lord that if I don't, if I don't pray before I start reading the Bible, I mean, it's, I'm just reading another book, you know, in my opinion, cause That's I, good. um, I have to activate it. I feel like I have to, I ask him like activate whatever I need to know from you, activate whatever you've put in me to right now, receive everything you have for me. Um, you know, and I, I, I know this doesn't go along with the anointing thing I I believe it does um, that we have to reach out to him to receive more. I mean he can give us things if he wanted to but I believe that there's a lot of humility when you reach to the Lord to receive something yeah. like when you humble yourself to be like, hey you have something I don't have um and I recognize that. you know yeah, that's good and yeah you know, I want to say that
1: there's a difference between a move of the spirit and functioning under the anointing Mm. and widespread revival Mm. and outpouring there's a huge difference there if i'm ministering under the anointing i'm able to minister to a few but if i get everybody in the room fixated on him Mm. we can experience a greater outpouring together so good Yes. And so to that point, to what you just said there, th- that that key component is huge in recognizing those things. I believe it starts by ministering with the anointing that you carry. But there is, such, see, we don't, we know very little about the moving of the spirit and the depths and the flow. Like I said, it's fascinating that Peter, when he went to Cornelius's house, the spirit of God just fell on people. Yeah. Versus when they laid hands on them in uh, Samaria. And so you have to understand that there is different levels or, and then there's a difference between awakening and revival or a blessing. Like we can have a blessing where everybody's fallen out in the spirit, but an awakening is when a whole community and group of people become aware of the convicting power of God and repent and transform. That's awakening. And that's so much different than just a a believers meeting, Holy Ghost service, where where we're all getting blessed and there's just impartation. Those are completely different things. One of them has an emphasis on um, healing and repentance. And the other one has an emphasis on impartation and activation. Um, And uh, I, I think those two, we need them both. We need them both. Um, I I don't think, um, sometimes we push more into the awakening side because we're going to have to tear down some idols and, and we have some hard idols that I don't think the body of Christ wants to deal with. Uh, but I I do think it's needed. I think we're coming up on a new awake, another awakening that's going to have to happen as people keep talking post-Christian, uh, here in the United States. I think we're in need of an awakening, but that is going to mean that we tear down some idols. We clear out some idols and we stop allowing certain things to go on and and get the church right and holy. And uh, we'll we'll see an awakening Hmm. until then. I mean, I'm going to push into everything God wants to do. And I'm not saying that there's an either or better or worse, but I just think that, you know, the anointing that you need is the anointing you need when you need it. (laughs) And right now we need a full blown awakening. Yes. Yes. A turning
0: back to God. Yeah, we do. We do need it. And so I want to ask you, I love uh, just talking to you in your vision for Chattanooga. uh, What do you see God doing in Chattanooga?
1: I want God to do something. See, first off, you know, you mentioned we're starting a church. Mm -hmm. We are not here to just promote the vision of of our church. We want God to get Chattanooga into its destiny from before time began. You know, I love to use the example of what was reading California to the body of Christ before Bethel. Now, I'm not saying there was nothing significant, but you see what God was able to do in the city because of people willing to get reading into its destiny. I remember hearing a story with Michael Koulianos was driving around. This is before Jesus' image, and God gave him a blueprint for Jesus' image while he was riding through the city of Reading, and he went and told Bill, and Bill said, "Yep, that tends to happen here." God has a destiny for every city and every city is different. See, we've sterilized our message to fit the masses without recognizing what God wants to do in any given place. Mm -hmm. And every place is different. You know, what worked in the Jesus movement on the West Coast may not have been what was going on in the charismatic renewal in the Midwest. Very different times, very different movement and very different expression. But they were happening at the exact same time. And so you see how... God has a given destiny, so I believe Chattanooga's destiny, uh, the, the word we're standing on and we're, we're partnering with as a community is that um, Chattanooga is the midway point between Atlanta, it's two hours from Atlanta, it's two hours from Birmingham, and it's two hours from Nashville. Those are three of the major cities in the southeast of America. We believe God wants to use Chattanooga to be a gateway city for a revival to break out in all of the southeast. We believe that it's going to be a place where he can pour like honey, the glory of the Lord over these mountaintops, that it runs down into the valley, and that there would be such an ease and an ooze of the potency and the preciousness of God in the city. And that when people come in, they they get refreshed, they get built up, and they, and, and specifically ministers. We want to see Chattanooga be a hub where people will come that are laboring in their field for their city uh, to get refreshed and encouraged and that they could leave and go back with a new anointing and a fresh anointing.
0: Wow. Wow. So good. Yeah, see, this is why I asked you that. Cause I, I, I see the vision and I see it happening. And, I, um, you know, in Reading, I think Chris and Bill, like have done a really good job at partnering with like the people in authority in Reading, like the mayor, the, the you know mm-hmm. um, and I, I see us doing that with local with you doing that with local, like, Um, and I believe that's a big part of taking a city back for the kingdom is, um, bringing it, yeah. Uh, submitting, like having teaching the people in authority to submit their authority to the kingdom, you know, I think, well, and even with that, I'll say,
1: um, you know, our, our tagline for our church is the local expression of his eternal kingdom. What if we started to reimagine our city after the nature of the kingdom? Hmm. What if we looked through eyes of redemption to see all things redeemed back to God? That's something one of the people that I've really received from Julian Adams. He says he said, "What would it look like we don't need uh, tithers and business people. Um, So they can just give to our organization. We need them to go and look into the city with eyes of creativity on how can we make this look more like heaven? How can we fund um, advancements to bring uh, socioeconomical advantages to other parts of the city to make it all look like heaven? How could we partner um, in prayer for the needs of our city? See, when we sterilize and mass produce our message to try to fit the masses, we don't realize that we're, we're missing the local tangible tangibility people. When they come into our services, they don't sense a genuineness. They sense a, um, a facade and a fakeness because it's not for them. It's for everyone. It's for the masses. And I believe God's bringing us back to, uh, individual blueprints. You know, it's funny. He wrote seven letters to seven churches,
0: hmm. wow.
1: seven different letters. To seven different communities with their own heartbeat, their own things that they needed to work on, their own cultural barriers. Why? Because every community is supposed to look unique and it's uniquely called to express his eternal kingdom.
0: Hmm. I think there's a lot of diversity in heaven as well, um, and and in the body of Christ. And I think that the diversity is important, you know. Um, I I think a lot of people are, you know. I've been in churches, just like you're saying, where it's that, uh, that it's like you walk in, you're like, okay, the parking was perfect. You're walking in and then it's like, okay, here's this system, this system, this system, all the way to the pastor has a system, you know? Um, and there's no room for the Holy Spirit to move because it's wow. like, oh, that doesn't fit in our system. And I think that you can't put a boundary on God like that. I think it, it like, I think we can fake his presence. Is that bold to say? I think that there's some churches that will fake, fake his presence, fake, fake the Lord being there. And when reality, we've put so much structure on our service that we have, we, we don't have room for God.
1: You you know, one of my favorite ministers today and favorite models or just churches that I see out there today is uh, a guy named Pastor Matt Scott Mm -hmm. and they pastor in uh, Birmingham Alabama. And they had a, I think it was either 1200 or 1500 member mega church um, that was Methodist and revival broke out in their Methodist church. And I, you know, in hearing his testimony time and time again, he always says it like this and I love it. He said, we knew how to host people well, but we did not know how to host God well.
0: Hmm.
1: And I think there's so many times that we, like you said, we know how to host people. When they walk in they feel everything's extremely intentional detail oriented and it checks all those boxes but the holy ghost is nowhere to be found
0: mm-hmm. yeah you're like where is he <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: rodney used to say most people wouldn't recognize the. because you asked that question earlier about how do you recognize the anointing mm-hmm. most people wouldn't recognize the holy spirit if he was walking down uh, the aisle with a, a a red hat on uh shooting a gun like he said we wouldn't recognize him because we're not familiar with him and and to be honest with you Uh, you could ask most people, they know a lot about Jesus, but Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go, because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So that means if my experience with the Holy Spirit is less than what it would be like to have Jesus in the flesh walking around here, Hmm. then I'm living underneath what's available in me, uh, what's available in God for
0: me. I felt, I felt it on that. I, I think, you know, how do we, how do we, okay, this is good. If you walk into a system like that, okay, and you are in leadership, how do you, how do you go about changing that? You know, how do we go about hosting his, hosting the Holy spirit? How do we go about, um, like with local, how are you going to go about hosting the Holy spirit? Um, uh, not just people,
1: you know, one of the things that I found, um, um, I was listening to another person that really carries a, a ministry of laying on my hands, and, and uh, somebody that I, I really look up to and esteem is uh, Nancy Dufresne. Mm. And uh, she passed, well, she used to pastor a church out of um, uh, Temecula, California area. And in listening to her, she said one time this, and, and this was so powerful. You know, I, she goes, I am asked by a lot of churches to go and minister there because they want the anointing. They want the presence of God to show up and the power. So to your question, mm-hmm. how, if you're a pastor, you're a church leader, can, you know, um, you start to see this activating? Well, number one, and, and this is what they did at that Methodist church to do with Pastor Matt Scott. He started hosting people that carried something in God mm-hmm. in their church. Okay. That's the first thing start looking around at who has it. If you have a church and you're in, you're like, you have a community of people. There are people that God has put in the body of Christ to travel and bring impartation to churches. That's what Dr. Randy Clark and them do. Mm -hmm. They come and they set up for a week. That's what revivals of old used to look like. They'd come and set up shop for a week in a community, host a revival, host a revival meeting. Like, call, call up somebody, reach out to an organization and say, Hey, you carry something in God. We want that here locally. Bring it, you know, bring your team. We want you to come. That's what Dr. Clark used to do uh, when he was a pastor of a church. Uh, he had um, uh, the first time he ever experienced the word of knowledge. Um, like I think they had had one breakthrough in it, but they saw an increase in the word of knowledge in their church uh, when they reached out to uh, John Wimber, but John Wimber wasn't even able to go. He said, I'll send my, and I heard him tell the story live. He said, you can uh, uh, send your team. Uh, sorry, John Wimber said, I can send you my team. And so he sent a guy named Blaine Cook to them there. And they started to see the word of knowledge break out in their, in their uh, church and healings accompanied with word of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so after that happened and after that transpired, um, he tells this story and I was there when he said it, he said, see, a lot of you guys get mad when the, the lead pastor can't go. Um, but some, there's something in some of these teams that you're, you're missing. So if you can't get somebody to come, um, I would definitely say, uh, you know, see if someone from a, an individual's team, um, you know, one person that we're going to have from doctor, uh, you know, we, we plan to want God willing uh, to come and, and minister when we have our church as uh, uh brian and camden starley uh yes. they carry something in god and they are a part of the global team and so they carry that same anointing and they will come and, and and help usher it in now to what nancy dufresne said on that she said a lot of people will have me come to their church but i can't get to as many churches as church leaders and pastors can come to our place and catch what God is doing here. Okay. I encourage you. If you're a church student and you're a pastor and you feel like you can't get anybody to come or you're in Bible school and you're, like I said, go and get around the anointing, pay the price, fly to, you know, and, and, and don't always, I'll I'll say this, this is free. This one's going to be free. Don't just go to the biggest conference that's there. I'm sorry, but we don't need more conferences. We need more revival. Mm -hmm. We don't just need more big meetings to say we have big meetings. I'm sorry, but I don't want to go to a conference where they take some of the most gifted and anointed people in the body of Christ and give them an hour stacked on top of each other. I want to go to a meeting where somebody is given the opportunity to take it to a deeper place in the spirit and minister with a high anointing, maybe 400 people tops. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That 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 is a prime environment. So go and get into those environments. That's why um uh Doc, uh Pastor Matt Scott I was telling you about in Birmingham, they have encounter nights once a month. They're going to and, and we're going to try to send a team out to go Cory Russell's going to be there uh in uh, January of this year. We're, we we want to go to that. Mm-hmm. So those are events. Look look up places, send me a message on Instagram. I'll tell you all the places <laughs> I would go. I'm, I, I don't mind sharing those things. But, and the last thing I'll say is this, Dr. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown used to say, he said, uh, churches, if you're wanting this to, you know, and, and you're discouraged because you feel like you can't get anybody, you can't go out anywhere, start having a Holy Spirit night once a month in your church, or even on Sunday nights. Those are meetings where you're usually not getting just people that want to just walk in off the streets, but those are the believers that are coming to meeting that have high expectation and just say it's the Holy Spirit and minister on the Holy Spirit.
0: Hmm.
1: You start talking about the Holy Ghost, He's going to start showing up. <laughs> yeah. So true. raise the expectation. Those are the three different practical points on that. So
0: very good. Well, well, man, this has been a really good time, and I I'm just so honored to have you, man. I I believe that you have something on you like that anointing that is going to stir something big in the kingdom. And I think Mm -hmm. that every time I'm around you, I feel like I'm going deeper in the spirit. You know, um, I, I, I believe I'm growing just by knowing you and I'm just so honored to call you a friend and to uh, be under your authority, you know, like just um, like partner with you in whatever Like as Novus, you know, like leader of Novus, you know, I am just like honored to say like to partner with local just to like see God do something big, you know. Um,
1: That means the world. And we're you, you have no idea how grateful we have, uh, we are to have you be a part of what we're doing. I mean, it's, it's truly a gift from God and something that we prayed for. And, uh, and so you're, you're filling a, a, a space that we've really sought the Lord on. And so we really are appreciative of that. And thank you for having me. I just want to say, I mean, this is something that, uh, this is my heart. This is, uh, it and, and what you guys are doing. And, and I know some of the individuals you've had on here, mm-hmm. this is stirring th- things up in people. And so I'm just grateful to be able to be a part of it.
0: And anytime. Um, so I would love for you to just pray us out. I, I know you prayed after your message. But I believe mm-hmm. there's still something in the spirit that people need to get. And um, and then we'll yeah. close and then we'll be done.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to start praying in tongues. If you're out there and you pray in the spirit, you have a heavenly prayer language, just begin to pray in tongues uh, right now. Father, O siasona, O nemenga este kaias su Anamansta, Father, bring us, bring us, bring us, bring us into a place of maturity in the anointing. Maturity in the anointing beyond our years, beyond our capacity that we've ever experienced to date, bring us into bros into leading people, into a deeper place in the spirit, bring it to the place where the flesh can't stand it, but there's breakthrough, ha ha, ha breakthrough in the spirit, breaking through. <laughs> intercessors people people that are skilled in in the place of the spirit or oh, anastacida utterances by the spirit father god bring us into a place <laughs> yeah places in the spirit rooms in the spirit doorways into things in the spirit father god bring us draw us right now there's a drawing you've wondered it for months god what are you doing well i'm he's drawing you into the spirit and we thank you for it lord draw us deeper and deeper and deeper into the move and to the the power and the dimension of your spirit we thank you for it in jesus name amen amen sorry i know i got i kind got, of got, got, got a little uh excited there
0: so glory but, <laughs> you're good bro was so good um all right y'all well we love you guys god bless you and i pray this impacts your community share it with your friends um go follow pastor taylor and everything going on with local um and if you're in the chattanooga area get ready for january because it's the start of something big we love you guys yeah thanks man love you guys Thank you so much for watching. I hope this podcast changed your life today. If it did, put it in the comments. Tell us what you learned, how it helped you. Put amen in the comments. Let's just blow this up and share this with a friend. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I love you guys. See you next week.